Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving them perspective on the games that we love, headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm your host, Winter Burns. I'm a kind of hard save by Morris. Last episode of the year. How you feeling, man? Last episode of the year. I didn't even think about that. Man. Yeah, New Year. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to start. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling pumped. That's good, man. Uh, but well, for, for our last episode, we've got a lot of topics to get into um, tonight. Um, a few NFL topics, a couple of NBA ones, and then we're going to uh, do some album reviews and also give our top three favorite albums um, of this year. But to start off with the Dolphins' uh, seven-game winning streak and kind of their biggest reason for their success, uh, Miami was able to have a 17-point win in New Orleans as Jalen Waddle had a spectacular performance with 10 catches for 92 yards and a touchdown um, in, his, in his return from the COVID-19 list. But kind of like, what, what are your thoughts on Miami's impressive winning streak and just the sh- also the struggles that the Saints experience with um, Ian Book having to fill in? You know what's crazy? The Miami Dolphins on the seven-game winning streak is kind of, like, bizarre Yeah. to the untrained out. But you look at the biggest thing that got them the seven-game winning streak is their defense. Miami, believe it or not, leads the NFL with 45 sacks, and 30 of those, 33 of those came during the winning streak. It's crazy. That means your defense is getting after the ball. Your, your secondary is causing sacks. You know, it's a lot of things with the defense that look super good. Tua has been up and up and up and down the offensive line. Yeah. Miami always had a, a terrible offensive line since Ryan Tannehill was there. He was sacked a lot. I think this year, in his first 17 games, I think Tua was sacked probably like 45 times, which is crazy. So just looking at what the defense has done and continue to doing on the seven-game winning streak and going into – the next game, I think that's really defense wins championship and defense are putting them in the position to make the playoffs. They can make the playoffs. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a legitimate, it's a legitimate opportunity for them. <laughs> they can make the playoffs. That's crazy, man. I, yeah. I, I counted Miami Dolphins out like the first game of the season. I was like, yeah, Miami's not back. Miami's Miami. And, and like, do you think like, like when a winning streak occurs with the NFL team and it just starts and it just gets rolling, like the, the first part of the season doesn't like really go well for them. Like, do you think it's one of those things where the team like they can kind of tell or just kind of like have that assurance that at some point, if they if they have the right pieces, they can get even go on a, on a streak like this and possibly give themselves the right opportunity at the end. I, I, going on a winning streak in the NFL is it's tough to do. And if you do yeah. go on a winning streak, it's, it goes with the game plan, the personnel. It's a lot that go, variables that go into going on a winning streak. One is the weather plays a role. Who's hurt on the other team? Who's hurt on ours? It's just a lot of variables that go into it. But the, the, the biggest variable for them going on a seven-game winning streak is their defense. If the defense don't allow the other team to score, and then they put them as a position, the offense to score, then you have a better chance to win. And I feel like – when you go on a seven-game winning streak at the end of the season, everything is finally coming together. Every from the defense to offense, offensive line looks better. They're going against a, a, a different setup, so now they have an opportunity to set into what they were trying to buy in the, in the beginning of the season. Now at yeah. the end of the season, because it's always an opportunity to get to the playoffs, especially with this extra game that we have now in the field. It's always an opportunity to get in um, the playoffs. Things are just getting longer. Longer and longer. Longer and longer. I'm not mad at it, man. I love NFL football. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but now just to the Bills' major uh, win on the road in New England. Um, this past Sunday, Buffalo beat the Patriots 33-21, to and Josh Allen threw for three touchdowns, and Isaiah McKenzie had a career-high 11 catches. 
And the Bills, uh, the Bills now hold this tiebreaker over New England and Miami and, and are kind of in the driver's seat to uh, win its second straight division title. But what are your thoughts on Buffalo kind of being able to get a key division win and regain control of the AFC East? Because early in the season, we kind of saw them as a team that could be a legitimate contender, having that, you know, just dominant road win in Kansas City. Now they're kind of looking back to, to getting in that, that type of tip-top shape. The weather didn't play a role. We just gotta <laughs> just throw that out. <laughs> throw that out there. Play a role. Just throwing it out there. And then the running game did not beat them this time because they were, you know, inner to the because they kept throw. But you look at what the Bills were able to do on the offensive side. Josh Allen had a day, 300 yards, three touchdowns. The running game was mixed in a little bit with Josh and C- just play a little better. Now you have now Matt Jones has to beat you. Throw the ball, right? Well, it's in now two interceptions. Exactly. Defense is playing phenomenal football. <laughs> he only threw 145 yards. Man, defense looks good. I mean, we I said this the week prior that the Buffalo Bills and New England a big game. It's who's gonna win the division. Buffalo Bills come to win. Now they're tied, and I think they can. Um, take off the, um, the 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 division. And back to what we've yeah. seen early in the season. Absolutely, and, and I mean, like they are starting to, to 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 like really play at their at their optimal level, optimum level, kind of like near the near the postseason. Like, do you think with the team like Buffalo, especially that that was in the AFC Championship last year, this is kind of like around the time of the year where you want to see teams playing like this? Like, do you feel as though it was one of those things where they knew like especially with how New England was playing, but they had to kind of be at their peak level come November and December. Oh, for sure. And I think playing the AFC, I think the AFC talent has grown over the years. And you look at their division, man, the Patriots are, are creeping back with a nine and six. The Buffalo Bills, obviously, is ahead of them. There's other, you know, people in their division. And AFC has Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> Baltimore at the end of the season, especially going into the playoffs, because you want that moment. You don't want to be a wild card guy. You want to win your division. You want to have that game off, and you want to get to the conference championship. So, obviously, you got to play perfect. Obviously, you can't admit you kind of you have to play. Uh, but that's kind of <laughs> hit or miss when you play in the NFL. But the Buffalo Bills are figuring out right at the at the right time. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and, and also New England, like they're you know, they've lost to two really good teams. They, they, they lose to the Colts and they lose to the Bills. And then going forward, they're kind of in that wild card uh, slot. Like, is there anything that you've seen in the last two weeks that you feel as though kind of like maybe the main issue for why they've kind of had this slide? Because they were on their own winning streak at, um, to, before, before these two losses. And now they're kind of looking like they still need, still need to like figure out some things before they, they get into the postseason. Well, they, they played pretty good pretty good teams in that straight. New Orleans Saints was still pretty good in November. Indianapolis Colts, Indianapolis yeah. Colts were pretty good. Then you you beat you lose to Tampa Bay, which is a good football team. And it's it's their schedule is kind of a, a bit tough if you if you if you will. So they're it's, going against teams that are matched up well and just didn't match up well with the other team. But I still think it's the same Buffalo Bills we saw last year in the beginning of the season when they had their own industry. Now they get into the just beat New England. Now you're on top of the division. Now you have Atlanta, and early on in the year, you have Atlanta, who's kind of still a squeaky team. So 
They're going to end the season, I think, the last three games. They'll go to 11-6, and six, and I think they'll win the division. So, the playoffs, it's just when you play other big teams, sometimes you just, you know, you got to take a L. Yeah, absolutely. And now getting into most intriguing um, Week 17 NFL game. Uh, to me, like, the, the Bengals and Chiefs really stands out because, you know, the Bengals are, are now number one in their division. Kansas City could, could mm-hmm. close up home field advantage and the number one seed. And you look at, at a matchup like this where with, with, with how electric the Bengals' offense can be and also Kansas City's defense playing well, like looking at how the Bengals' offense faces the, the Kansas City's defense and kind of like the resurgence that KC is having, I think that's going to be a very fascinating matchup. But to you, looking forward, kind of like what is your most intriguing Week 17 uh, NFL matchup? I would have to say the Rams and Baltimore. I think I'm crazy because Lamar is not playing and they're – this is – I want to see Baltimore. In each game they, they play without Lamar, they show tenacity. They show heart. They show that the backup quarterbacks can slightly try to get it done. And then you're going against a hot Rams team who has the best wide receivers stat-wise this year. The guy's breaking records in Cooper Cup. So I'm, I'm excited what that batter secondary he's going to do to that batter secondary and what the Baltimore Ravens can pull through without their starting quarterback. So I, I'm eager to see what's going on. And you also have Kansas City and Cincinnati is going to be a big game. But I'm more so looking at the Rams of Baltimore just to see what Baltimore can do because they might possibly not have Lamar Jackson going into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I think that's my most intriguing game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and not just to college football and kind of, uh, you know, before we head into these college football matchups, looking at kind of the most important X factor and start off with Alabama, Cincinnati, to me, just Alabama's receivers versus Cincinnati's secondary is yeah. going to be a, a really important matchup because, you know, Ahmad, Ahmad Gardner is one of the best cornerbacks in the nation. And then Jameson Williams is coming off just a phenomenal performance with seven catches for 184 yards in the SC championship. And then Georgia, Michigan, the Georgia offensive line versus the Michigan defensive line is going to be major as well mm-hmm. and kind of going to decide that matchup. But to you, like in both of these games, like, like which X factor do you think is going to stand out the most? I have two phenomenal guys in the secondary with Cincinnati. I, what, I, what I want to see the most, how they switch it up with Cincinnati's offense. They do a lot of mixed direction. Especially in a bootleg, they'll send them uh, yeah. the running back right up the middle of the field, right in the middle of the offensive line, and they'll dump it to him. And I've seen that a couple times this season. So I want to see how they get creative against this defense because man, no oh man, it's going to be a high power, high, high uh, offense power game. It's going to be a high yes. score game. And you <laughs> fireworks. Look, and it's right. <laughs> I've, I've grown the trenches. I'm from the trenches. Offensive line versus defensive line. That's where that's where everything is made. That's where you win. Offense versus defensive line. You look at both sides. Boy, 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 boy. it's gonna be crazy. I want to see if Georgia can to make a statement. They need to make a statement to get to the, um, the championship. To. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, so you still are with Cincinnati? Cincinnati oh, favorites? For sure. Cincinnati. <laughs> they're gonna, man, they're gonna make history this year. I think that secondary right. is up to the task. I think the secondary is up to the task with both teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and and, and, term, and and outside of that matchup, like going forward, you have Ohio State, Utah in the Rose Bowl, um, also Oklahoma State, Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, Baylor, Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Like, is, is there any other matchup after this the CFP that that kind of stands out to you as another intriguing one? No, no, I'm not even like. It's no knock to Baylor and all these teams. Like, I, for the first time in, in years, 
we're going to see if the talk of this being the playoffs will really work because now Cincinnati snuck in this year. There we never nobody Cincinnati on. So now I'm super excited to see if those teams are even supposed to be here. Right? So that's what supposed I'm gonna say. You know, it's no yeah. back against the yeah, Rose Bowl or anything like that. I'm just Really excited to see if Cincinnati or teams focus like on these Cincinnati college playoff matchups. <laughs> exactly. Are they supposed yeah, to definitely. be here, man? Yeah. Um, and now listening to the NBA and just kind of dealing with DeMar DeRozan's breakout performance for the Bulls and their their winning streak because him him and Zach Levine have just been on, on, on a tear recently. Um, the Bulls are currently still second in the East, eleven games above five hundred for the first time since twenty fifteen. Um, DeRozan and Levine scored a combined 121 points in their first two games back on the court together since COVID. And they also recorded 30 plus points and nine plus assists a piece on the same night. Um, Jordan and Pippen were the only other duo to be able to do that. But kind of like, what are your thoughts on this duo's potency and just how well the Bulls are playing, even with players um, still out? You know, I had to remind myself, DeMar DeRozan was a star of two NBA franchises before coming over to the Bulls. And I, I, I that's, Toronto and that's the Spurs. It, it, we forget. It has to be mentioned. <laughs> it has to be. And we forget how good he really is. He just never won the the, the big dance. The trip. He yeah. never won it. But he's always been a great player. And you look at it, I think the biggest thing with the, the, the Bulls and what CP3 was to the Rockets, that mid-range jump shot calms everything down. And he's, he's like a yes. – a, a shark. Slows things down. Exactly. Good. DeMar DeRozan is the foundation. Zach Levine, he's improving the three-point. We already know he was a slasher finishing at the rim, and he plays pretty good defense. But when DeMar DeRozan, he's the guy who's going to get you the guaranteed bucket. Gary, he's 9 for 15 this year, and then he, I think he's 170 of 239 of, of mid-range shots this season. That's crazy. And – Insane. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> like you look at the stats, the man is it's golden from the mid-range, and I think that's the difference. Yeah. And he plays good good defense. So the biggest thing when everything Alonzo is playing good, everything needs to be slowed down. DeMar DeRozan is what CP3 was to these models. Definitely. And going forward, uh mentioning the Clippers and Paul George um with, with this torn UCL and kind of how this affects them going forward. Um, Paul George will be reevaluated in a month for this elbow injury. And he was averaging 24 points, seven point rebounds and mm-hmm. 5.5 assists. And was also kind of like the main driving force for their playoff push. And now they face a stretch of eight games where they will play kind of expected playoff teams in Brooklyn. Once, yep. uh, once more Boston, Memphis, Phoenix, Atlanta, and Denver, yep. but kind of just, what are your thoughts on this kind of, you know, very unfortunate news because Kawhi's already out. And now that they're, they're, their second star is out, but like, how do you think this kind of affects them going forward? Cause they're in the sixth seed. We're in a playoff position, and now they're they're facing a tough stretch without one of their best players. Boy, boy, boy! Tyloo got his hands full. I, I tell you what, I would not want to be Tyloo. No, right now. not at all, bro. Because they were playing so well, even without Kawhi, like they were one of kind of like yes. the, most, the, the the underrated, impressive teams because they were still staying afloat. You're you're saying you're preaching to the choir, Wellington. So now we don't know. We don't have yeah. a return for Kawhi. Now your 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 second best player Paul George is out. Now you have to depend on a Kennard who's averaging eleven point five points, four rebounds, young guy. You gotta you gotta rely. You don't have the the brutal Patrick Beverly anymore. 
You know, have Montreal anymore. <laughs> so you got to, you have to uh, depend on these young guys. And I think Kenner is, they're going to funnel everything through Kenner, who's, who's shown. He's going to be the offensive force. He has to be. 43% yeah. from long range. So he has to be the guy funnel everything through him because they don't have anybody else. Because, I mean, it's just to be honest, think, it's hard. But this is another thing I was thinking about because last year we saw, like, we saw them get through Utah without Kawhi. Yeah. And Paul George was playing so well. Then they lose to, to Phoenix, I believe, in, in six games. Like, mm-hmm. do you think if Kawhi was there, they would have been able to, to, to make the finals? Because I think that team was really, like, peaking at the right time. You know, it's a, that, that what if is, it, it, gets, it gets iffy. And I hate to use that what yeah. if gets iffy because they weren't playing good with Kawhi. That's true. They, was, they true. weren't playing. They, they weren't <laughs> gelling. You know what I'm saying? They weren't gelling well. When Kawhi yeah. and load management and him being able to live outside the city and all these other restrictions these players have, they, they wasn't gelling with Kawhi. They had to force Kawhi to come to the game. So just to come, just, just to, to come, watch. just to watch his teammates <laughs> to be a viewer. He wasn't on the floor, Wellington. He was in the press yeah. box. So you just look at all those ten big things. That, they, they weren't playing like like that's that upper class. Like like that's that upper class. You're like, yeah, I'm being the press box. I'm not gonna be like really with you guys. <laughs> that's like the varsity watching JV. <laughs> so I, mean, I don't. I'm not gonna be in the trenches. I'm not gonna be in the trenches with you guys. Vintage <laughs> <laughs> crazy. That what if gets iffy, man. I don't know if they would have made it. I don't. I don't think they played better without him. Man, I just, I just don't, yeah, I just don't see them going to the playoffs with it because they weren't playing good when he was there. So, yeah, and and, and, that, and that really is a fair point. And, and, and before we, before we uh, take a, a quick break with with Westbrook and, and the Lakers, because like the Lakers are, are still kind of <laughs> trying to figure things out. I, I mean, I, we have to mention them because like like that Christmas Day game, I was just like, man, no. what is Savon thinking right now? No, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Because <laughs> Le- the thing is, LeBron is, is 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 the uptick of offensive like ca- the, the the offensive performances he's been put, putting together have been like really really good. But Westbrook has still kind of struggled and, and not been able to fit in in some spots. And we even yes. talked about it with with Kevin in the last episode. Like, what do you think is kind of the solution for them going forward? Because they still are in in, in a playoff spot, but. We're just not seeing the pieces mesh in, in a way that that it does seem like for the trade deadline there's going to be some some massive changes. I think they will be. I think they will shop shop Westbrook out because I watched a full highlight of him just being so trash. Trash <laughs> he is. Stats don't mean. I don't care if he gets triple doubles or anything. That man played terrible basketball. But the, the thing I feel like they're going to have to start doing, and, and, it's, and it's 82 games for a reason. You know, they're still in a playoff spot. I exactly. think they, they AD, AD will come back full strength, hopefully. And I feel like once they shot Westbrook off, they're not going to bench him because they're paying a lot of money for him to be there. I mm-hmm. think they shop him around. I don't know what they will get. I haven't even looked that far into that yet. But I think once they get Westbrook out of the starting lineup and get a solidified lineup with him, with, without him, and try to get back to what they did a year ago and two years ago, I think they'll be fine. I think they still have good pieces. I think Carmelo is still playing good ball. I, I just think Westbrook is not the difference maker, but the just the guy that does not be, need to be there. It's sad to say. 
it it, 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 it really because like when you're missing guys like Case when you when you don't have KCP anymore Caruso just just plug in guys like like that is that is kind of the element that the Lakers are missing they're missing those guys they can just fit in at certain spots and give them kind of the efficiency coming off the bench and with Westbrook it, it, it it's not taking away like what he can do because like he was even able to take the Wizards to the playoffs last year and now the Wizards like they're, they're still playing really well with Bradley Beal but I just feel as though like it, it's not the ideal fit that that LeBron needs. Even though in the offseason, it sounded a lot. We were even talking in the offseason, this does not need to happen. Like no. We were warning the Lakers, this no. does not need to happen. No. But they still went through with it. <laughs> and I think I think they believe the myth that LeBron James can turn anybody into... Cure anything. <laughs> into a, a, a team player? No. Like, Russ just does not fit. It's like... He just doesn't fit, bro. And like you said, Caruso and KCP. But even with those guys being out, I feel like if they – no, KCP with Caruso were good pieces. Then they added Rondo and Dwight Howard. That's tough to say, man. That first year – that first year – that second year LeBron was there with the Lakers was the perfect team in the bubble. Like That was the perfect team surrounding him. Yes. Yes, it was. But you know what's crazy? I don't think Westbrook led the, the um, the Wizards to the playoffs. He was hurt most of the season. It was more so Bradley Bill, yeah. It was it was more so, but he he was in that series, I believe, against Philly. But yeah. like it, it wasn't because of him. He wasn't the catalyst. I, he just he fit in OKC. That's where he should have stayed. Should have stayed. That was, yeah, that's home. He's perfect, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into the second half of our topics. And to start off with um, Nas Magic, a uh, new album, um, and another new album from Nas this year where he teams up with Hit Boy for their second project in, in 2021. He's just able to appreciate the good things in life and, and takes a wide view of the world around him. Um, on a song like Ugly, he laments the community destroying itself from the inside uh, with the passing of Young Dolph. And in uh, the last track, Dedicated, he drives home just you know how flexible he is in setting up to the perfect soundscape for him to rap over. Um, but with him, like, all, I mean, dropping two projects with Hit Boy this year and then and then doing another one next year, uh, what are kind of your initial thoughts on this album and just the persistent run um, him, him and Hit Boy have been on? Man, Nas, bro. The epitome of real hip-hop, real He's bars, still going. Real <laughs> lyricism, man. It's the way he finds melodies. It's, it's a lot of rappers I love who can find different melodies and just kill it. Jay-Z's one of them. Jay-Z's melodies... And he doesn't write anything down, which is more impressive when he finds melodies on his own. And then Nas, man, his melodies. It was one of the tracks. What track was that? Mm, I think it was, give me one second here, 4016 Building. 4016 Building. Yep, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, bro. That's the like one. Like he said, either your mental will get you. Like he was just like, I'm like, bro, like, like just, you finding these melodies is crazy. And how you find different ways, like his cadence too is like, oh, his voice is effortless too, because he talks nonchalant and he raps nonchalant. So then, when he finds some different melodies, it just—I mean, it just flows, bro. He just puts it together. That's that's a ideal. Like, if you want to be like a, a rapper, a real rapper, hip hop artist, you listen to Nas. Like, he's the ideal model. I see why uh, J Cole said, "I let Nas down." I let Nas down. That's what I'm Okay. It is. <laughs> I mean, but when you look, when you look at certain artists like him and, and, and even a Jay Z, like like still carrying on the longevity for mm-hmm. what they're doing. Like, do you think feel as though like like artists like him are kind of setting a um 
just a blueprint for, for other artists that are kind of still in their primes to like, even at, at the age that he's at now, to keep going and even like go out with, with, with just like an impeccable legacy and just still refine yourself and the sound, the sound that you're putting out. I, I think they are. The main two definitely, like the real hip hop, hip hop guys is definitely Nas and, you know, JC who have had illustrious careers, had beef, dropped some of the best beef. I mean, I mean, this, this was real beef. This was real beef. Yeah, <laughs> real, real deal beef. We got Ether, bro. Ether is like one of the best diss tracks ever, ever. So it's just like when you when you look at their career and what they they stuck to, stuck to the blueprint, stuck to their uh, their guns. You see how successful they've become and haven't ventured out and did some weird stuff or tried to reinvent their, you know, their imagery of their career. They just stuck to what they know, and they're this successful hip-hop legends, these icons. And I think we have guys who's trying to adhere to that, like Freddie Gibbs, yes. like J. Cole, like Kendrick Lamar. Like, we have guys in the rap game who's trying to adhere to what they set forth in the blueprint, and now you're seeing it to fruition. Now we still have the other side of, you know, rapping and whatever the case may be but those two guys set the blueprint and set the stage for for what what is to come and i think real hip-hop is going to come back it's going to be at the forefront shortly yeah definitely and you, you were mentioning jay-z and jay-z has been in, in the headlines for one reason and one reason only the verse <laughs> the verses talk I, I gotta bring it up because he said last week on, on twitter space with oh, alicia keys man. no one literally said no one no one no one can stay on, stay on that stage with me and I, I, I'm like, like all time, Jay Z is my favorite rapper. He, he just, he just set the blueprint for so many, and, and I, and I love his music and, and his catalog. But are there like, I don't, and I'm thinking of like three yes. other artists that I, that I feel as though like can put up a, a, a like 20 songs that could make it an yes. interesting matchup. I think Kanye, yes. Wayne, and Drake are, are three, three other ones yes. that I was thinking like they, they could, they could put something together. But like, what artist or what artist would you say no. like that they those, could? Those are the only ones. Yeah, you, yeah, those are the only ones who could come. Beat or come close. Kanye could come close. Yeah, for sure. Wayne, I think, will tie or beat him. Drake will beat him. Drake's too international to lose to Jay-Z, bro. Like, Drake's catalog is rich, bro. I love Jay-Z to death. I love his music. His catalog is rich, too. But, like, what, uh, what, uh, <laughs> what did Dave Chappelle say? He said, uh, Kevin Hart got shut the heck up, but no, Jay-Z got shut the heck up, buddy. And then Beyonce got, no, you <laughs> shut the heck up, buddy. That's what it is. Like, Jay-Z got, I'm the best. And you're supposed to feel like that. You're yeah, supposed he should. to feel. Yeah. There's, there, there's no, like, I'm not taking any, like, he should absolutely say that because I feel as though he, he's he's earned enough throughout his career to be able to, 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 to say a statement like that. Yes. And I, I think the only thing, if we're, we're talking catalog, we're talking your best 20 songs, yo. Wayne can get him or tie him. Drake can beat him. I'm just th Drake, but you then you gotta think about what songs they will match with him and Drake. That's that's what I'm saying. It's the songs because like when, whenever people because like people were saying the issue the, the thing with Drake it, it's it's almost Drake can go in a different bag that like it's just yes. even hard to compete against. Like you're having to compete against dancehall tracks and, and vintage R and B tracks. Like it it, <laughs> right. it it becomes very difficult to like compete against him. You know what I, what comes to mind? Like he could play like. Uh, Jay-Z can play Show Me What You Got against Drake. He can play Lost Ones against Drake. Uh, he can play... He got some tracks that's like that. Uh, excuse me. Mm. Let's yes. that. Ooh. He can play those songs with Pharrell. Like, um, Frontin', 
with referral, so he could use oh, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. so he got songs that's in there like Drake. So that's what I'm, I'm not. I'm not knocking Jay Z. Jay Z got some hits. Cause I'm just, I'm just gonna tell you, Tyler. Tyler. He told me I, I saw him last week. He was like, bro, nobody's nobody's stopping Jay Z. Nobody. He 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 was just like, I, I don't want to hear anybody else. He's like, he feels as though like Jay is just untouchable. But I, I mean, my thing is, I think they're like like I said, I think Kanye, Wayne, and Drake can make it interesting. No, don't please people who's ever listened to this. Do not sleep on Little Wayne. No, yeah, absolutely. Do not sleep on him. Wayne that mixtape, the mixtape run, the mixtape yes. run. Wayne, it's it's unlike any other artist. Unlike That's, any other artist. And Jay Z don't got mixtapes. Jay Z ain't get on like somebody else beat and market. Make it his when I, own. When I say Wayne decimated other people's beats for just Bro. like a, a whole a whole run of years, <laughs> I mean, like it was it was just, it was unthinkable. <laughs> You know, you know, it's funny. People say, hey, I never heard nobody put on that Jay-Z. That's cap. That's that's a lie. I play Jay-Z all the time. Bro, Jay-Z got some <laughs> songs. Out. I'm, that's what I'm yes, trying to get to people. Definitely. I'm not saying Jay-Z is going like, he can't be, like, he, you know what I mean? Like, he can't be Jay-Z's beat. got records. There's only records. a few, a few rappers who can get with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now interesting to, to, to Sky Zoo's um, All the Brilliant Things, um, in this album released back in June, there's a lot of nostalgia and sentiment towards 90 rappers as there's just an effortless um, feel to it. And this one really builds on the low-key horns and the kick drums. Um, but in terms of this album's vintage sound and the casual storytelling, what were kind of like some of your takeaways from it? Man. Whoo! You put, like we were saying before, <laughs> that we started again in the podcast, like, you put you always put me on new artists and these guys like bro like yeah it's vintage yeah I I, I like it because I I'm a big fan of lo-fi I'm a big fan of uh, storytelling and me- yeah. like melodies and stuff like that and knowing knowing when to switch up knowing when to keep it on and let the beat guide you on it or you let the beat follow you like I'm I'm a big fan of that and this guy they they. This this album is fire. This is fire. Like I was like, yo, like when all the time, I'm like, who is Isaac? Like, what is it you picking? Just- I, I know whenever I send the topics, what it, like say, I was like, Man, how does he listen to all this? Stuff? Right, bro. Like, and the funny thing about it, I don't respond sometimes, and then I be thinking like, who? I'm not gonna say who Sky's new, but never mind. I'm just gonna listen to it because it might be fire, and it ended up being a really good album, bro. And it's a yeah. nice, precise number, fourteen songs, bro. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like in terms of just that was a that was one of the main things that set out because this was this was the type of album I feel as though needed to be concise. Like you feel as though that was like one of the main things. Obviously, like there's so many other like soundscapes in here and vintage feels that make it so good. But do you feel as though this is the type of album that kind of just demanded a concise number of tracks? I think so because when when you when you look at a, a real hip hop album or a more hip hop style album, it's a lot of people disengage because it's not the hottest thing right now. Right. A lot of people use the auto tunes and using, you know, like gangster rap. Um, what what is it? What's it called? Um, trap rap and stuff like that. So that's the that's the hot thing right now. Been hot for the past, I'll say, five six years. So when you listen to real hip hop, you you like your ears are you know don't want to listen to it anymore. So. When you have a concise album, 14 songs, and they keep you engaged, that's going to be really good for listeners and really good for the artists. And when you, it's 
it's I feel like this album is really colorful with the production, yes. with the with it's the rich. features. Like I'm a big fan of BJ the Chicago. I mean Chicago kid. Oh man, he's so I, good. Yeah, bro. So I remember I saw him in concert with uh he was on tour with uh Big Crit and we saw him. You saw him in concert? Oh yes, goodness. Dude wow. dude has vocals. It, my favorite song by BJ the Chicago Kid is on one of his mixtapes. Oh no, um, she's in a, uh, uh, oh, I forgot the name of it, but gosh, I can't look it up real quick because it's on live mixtape and it's not whatever. But I think it's called Perfect. But he sung it live, and I was in love. I was like, y'all got to find this song. <laughs> Where do I find this song? And I've been a fan ever since. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and, and now getting to Bobby Sessions' manifest um, debut album. Um, in this debut album from the Dallas rapper, he has guest appearances from some A-listers uh, like Rick Ross, Benny the Butcher, and Freddie Gibbs. And with only 12 tracks, the spotlight is still on him as he trades bars with um, fellow lyricists and fans kind of really discover what he brings to the table. Um, but in terms of just how he goes from a luxurious tone in the opening track and then honing his sound as a newcomer in the industry, um, what were kind of some of your takeaways from this project? Dope. Oh, you forgot Lecrae, by the way. Lecrae. And Lecrae. I got it. You got it. They, they made away. They made away. Yes. It's your boy got Payola. Don't do yes. Payola. Yeah, man. Craig, go Craig. Man, Craig, go, go way, crazy. way back. Uh, but no, this album was dope again, bro. Like, he's, like, he has that voice. First of all, it's his voice. His voice fit every beat. His cadence was on point. His melodies was incredible. Like, and then you got Rick Ross on your album, bro. You win. Bro, you are... Winning. You got Benny the Butcher, who's another, I feel like, another guy who's who's going to carry the torch when it comes to hip-hop. I think this guy, too, like, you put, I, I've never heard of him either, but dude's nice. This makes, like, when I listen to good music, it makes me want to get into the lab. Like, when I hear artists, it makes me, this this album wanted to make me, made me want to get in the lab and work on my craft. Because, like, bro, like, dude's nice. I don't know. He's from Dallas. I didn't know who God was. Dude's nice. Yeah, he got the package. For sure. And, 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 and in terms of just kind of like the the standout tracks, like the, the Gold Rolly one with Benny the Butcher and Freddie Gibbs, that was up there for me. Um, Cog in the Machine, and then also the, the Made Away with uh, with Lecrae remix. Like, were there any kind of like standout tracks from, from this one for you? Dream more, doubt less. The beat with his, you, you would think he wouldn't be able to rap on that beat because it's more of an old school feel. Soul Fox, whatever. But him, he made it his own and he made it special. And his voice, the mix and mastering is spot on because you can't mix that any way other it wouldn't sound right on that track. But they did it perfectly and it worked and it was a good beat and a good song. And I like it. And it's up-tempo. It got a little up-tempo. I like that one. Obviously, I love Penthouse Prayers. I mean, Ross, bro, his voice is just, man. If it on any beat. Yes. Sometimes Ross, will be, he talk about the same thing over and over, but I listen to it because it's Ross. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like the Lemon Pepper Freestyle. It's like the Lemon Pepper Freestyle. He's talking about the same thing, but it still sounds really good. Yeah, it's the voice. Come along. Like, bro, <laughs> bro, he said the same thing. I'm a little bit of with common Slip on everybody to come and meet. What? Ross. All right, bro. <laughs> it's the boss. But nah, yeah, 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 yeah. Party Penthouse. Uh, dream more, doubt less. Actually, like Made Away. 
um, with the Lecrae remix. I thought that was really dope. Man, how can he build on this? Like, this was a this was a breakout debut. I mean, he, he's got a lot to build on. I mean, in, in terms of just coming out this strong, I mean, I feel as though, like, the expectations are really high for him. It, they're going to be, especially coming out of Dallas. A lot of people don't know Texas is going to be the new mecca of music here shortly, the next four or five years. There's a lot of artists coming out of Texas, Houston, Dallas, even San Antonio, even, uh, I forgot whatever the guy was from up Texas. Like, the music scene is changing. It's going to migrate to Texas. So him coming out with this debut album and not missing and, like, knocking it from deep, like Steph Curry, bro, the expectation is going to be extremely high. He has to top this. He has to even do it better. Now he yeah. can he can meet it, but he can't be he can't be lower than what he did on this, and that's gonna be extremely difficult because a lot of people, a lot of artists who do hit the first album, the second one is not the best one. So you want to you don't want to be the sophomore slump. Yes, ninety five percent of the time we, we see artists have a sophomore slump, and there are a few that just put out a, an amazing sophomore album, but but most of the time there's a sophomore slump. Yeah, it's, it is real, bro. It is yeah. real. <laughs> As Bryson. Oh, oh man, you have to. Oh, we had to get it in there. He had to get. As Bryson, like, coming for you, Bryson. <laughs> Before the end of the year, nobody's off. Oh. Um, but, but not listening to, to Yeba's uh, Don album, and in this album released back in September, it was one that was kind of you know really focused on grief, patience, and, and realignment, um, containing just so many myriad influences and Yeba's ability to just navigate across instrumentals like. What would, we, what would we kind of see a rapper do and delve into the folksy um, ethereal lyrics really kind of set, sets this album apart. Um, but what were some of the parts of this album that stood out to you and just the way she was able to put everything together? Because she's kind of had an, another breakout year and we're kind of seeing j- just her more be be prominent and, and have a, um, a major stage. You know, I think um, the Yebba's um, heartbreak interlude on Drake kind of like spoiled me a little bit. Mm. I never heard her like. You were wanting more of uh, that. Well, I, that and I didn't expect her to be more uh, up tempo singer. It was no, it wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't bad. Okay. But her voice on those piano slow. I'm just gonna tell you that that Yeba's heartbreak is gonna like make you. It's just gonna yeah. take you to a different place. It's gonna it's gonna take you to a different place every time. Exactly, <laughs> and it kind of spoiled me. I was like, oh, she's oh, she has an album. Okay, okay, that's cool, cool, cool. And then I listened to it. and I was like, oh, okay, that's it's not bad. It's just not like. It was similar to Adele to me. I just wasn't, I wasn't, no, it wasn't similar to Adele. Oh, excuse me. I really didn't like Adele's album. <laughs> man, that man is insane. And, 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 and Adele's 30 was so good, but like Savon is like, nah, man, it's trash. Yeah, but I didn't like it, bro. And then I just didn't vibe with it. But this one, this wasn't a bad album. It just wasn't what I was expecting. And I had expectations right. because of the interview. Reset expectations. Yeah, and it kind of spoiled that her album for me because I was expecting her to be this more so of it was another artist we listened to um, that I, I that I said she was mostly she wasn't ever going to be a mainstream or a oh Cleo Soul no not Cleo Soul was it Cleo Soul well she was an underground one that we said would never be mainstream I don't know if that was the one you were you were mentioning Cleo Soul did she have like a her a baby in the her cover. Yes, that was the one. Mother. Yeah, mother. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. That's what I thought. You right on point, Weldon. Thank you. Nori, hand clap for 
Peter Bowen. No, seriously, bro. Like I thought that would was that's what she was gonna like the vibe she was gonna have because of the interlude. And when I didn't get that, I was like, oh, okay. Like the the song with ASAP Rocky, I was like, what? Okay, all right. That's I didn't expect that. The um, one with Smino was dope. With who? Uh, Smino. That yeah, surprised the, me. I'm a fan of Smino. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Smino here? <laughs> Yeah, that we gotta do one of his albums or a single or something, bro. But when the Louis Bag one, that, that surprised me. And then Ooh, she went into the interlude with one more smile, which I thought was really good. I, I loved that 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 flow for those few tracks. Oh, I, I feel like my expectation. No, my expectation. Like I was expecting her to be like. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. That, that it it it, so it was good. really good for her, but it also was one of those things where people were just blown away that they were expecting something like just. I've never type. heard of her before. I didn't know she was on Sam Smith album. Mm-hmm. Like she's been around for a while. She's been around. I didn't. Know, I never knew who she was until I listened to Drake. I was like, "Who is Yabba? Yabba, that boy. He be, he be giving people the stimulus package. He be like, "I'm gonna put you on the game. I'm gonna put you on the game." He giving people the stimulus. I, I, Tim's. I'm gonna bring you out. I'm gonna bring you out. Back <laughs> <laughs> the stimulus pack. Okay, we gotta, yeah, we gotta wrap this up. Well, listen, guys, don't sit down. <laughs> yeah, you give me that stimulus packet. Oh, that's funny. That's high quality, bro. Give me another one. <laughs> another hand clap? Oh, two hand claps and one. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my bro, goodness. That was I don't, funny, I don't, I don't. bro. That was hilarious, though, for real. You said, Drake got here and give me stimulus packet. But before we get to our, to our last topic, like, when... Like in terms of just just ways she can a, a, a expand on this and maybe go back to what you were kind of like originally expecting from her. Like, were there certain songs that you feel as though like if she would have stayed in that pocket, you would have been able to kind of get like the project that you were expecting? Like, like I was saying, like it wasn't a bad album. It was wasn't actually bad. a good album. It's just like we have a preconceived notion of an artist because of another artist. Like, okay, for instance, Teens or whatever. When Tim's, I heard yeah. it on. Tim's on S's, and then I heard her with Drake, and I was like, oh, man. Oh, she's fire. And then I got exactly what I was looking for on her EP. Oh, the EP was perfect. Perfect. I listened to that on the daily, bro. Like, I love that EP. So that's what I was expecting, because just like Gideon, when we first heard him on... And then I listened to his old stuff before he dropped his album. I was like, oh, this dude's fire. So yes. I had a preconceived notion of the artist Drake put out. Even Samfa. Do you remember Samfa? Yes. Um, oh, oh, and I, too, much, too much. Too much, yes. Too much. Love his that album. I, I'm a, he, I'm, I hate he stopped doing music. Like, he just stopped. But I listened to that album, like, for, I still listen to it, his, his, his album and his singles. So when Drake puts out artists, and I already have this preconceived notion, what preconceived notion of what I think they're going to be, and then it doesn't hit. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't expect that. But I got to re-listen <laughs> to it. I only listened to it one time, so I'm gonna re-listen to it and get rid of my shot. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now um, I'm closing out with our top three favorite albums um, of the year. Um, it, this this was a really packed one to, to to get into because there there were just so many like A-list artists that decided to, to that, that 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 came back this year with strong projects. Mm-hmm. Um, my my top three were Nas, King's Disease Two, mm-hmm. Little Sim. Sometimes I might be an introvert, mm-hmm. and Cleo Soul's Mother. Uh, with 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 Nas, like I feel as though with how he teamed up with Hip Boy and just brought together just a vintage project, and then then had had, had modern sounds as well. I thought that was really impressive, mm-hmm. and then. 
Little Sims, she just kind of, as we mentioned, like when we reviewed her, she had this like just grandiose feel and just it was a very unique sound. And the production yeah. was just like just, just immaculate. And then Cleo Soul's mother, like she just has this this very delicate voice and, and, yeah, and just just slow paced feel to it that really kind of just puts you in, in, in a certain space. And it, it was just a, a great listen and a smooth listen. And I really enjoyed this one. But, mm-hmm. um, and, and, I, and I also have to mention like the, the other, like some of my honorable mentions, her was another one that I wanted to yeah. put on. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, the creator, um, Drake, um, also Ben Staples. I, I thought like those four albums were, were also like really good ones. But uh, mm-hmm. to you kind of like, what were your top three favorite albums this year? My top three favorite, favorite all. Albums this year. It's not in order. Neverland Two, nice. Yes. Any Minio with all Bonkers. new beginnings by reason. Let me let me go back to Neverland Two. Like I love how Any Minio is always uh, transparent. He knows how to find and, and find different angles of his music. He's always improving in his music and find different angles. Like I said, and his production. His 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 voice, his cadence. He just a uh, he's just a real hip hop guy who's very versatile as well. You look at New Beginnings, Reason, man. That's that's hip hop. The guy's fire. Goes to the voice. Goes to his cadence. Like he's finding different ways to be top dogs number one guy. Like the album was from top to bottom, beautiful. Yes. And then the third album i like my favorite album this year it was uh sorry's the kid sorry the kid album sorry not sorry dudes is amazing man he's he's so nonchalant his voice is so different his music's so different i've never heard anybody like him he's he's this yeah dude's fire man you got a chance to listen to the album listen to that he's yeah dude's fire bro cancel for real is a good one Go on ahead is a good one. Agree to agree with Young Droid. Like his, yeah, his album was yeah. fire. But my honorable mention is definitely Summer Walk was still over. Oh, that's goodness. How did I? Yeah, that's a good one. So good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was definitely she a good went in. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Summer Walk, and, 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 and before And before we close out, for, for next year, like, what are some artists that, that, you, that didn't drop albums this year that you kind of want to hear next year and to see, like, kind of what they're expanding on and the projects that they have set up for? Mm, I'm waiting for Ari to drop another album. Ari Linux. Mm, uh, what's her name? SZA, of course. I'm waiting for her to drop a drop an album and drop something. <laughs> drop something again. Just something. <laughs> yeah, just something. Um, <clears throat> who else? I know it's a couple of the artists I was thinking about who hasn't dropped in a minute. Smino needs to drop an album. He's dropped a, a single or two this year, <clears throat> and he all he's always uh showing some of his samples of his music but never dropping anything uh and kendrick yeah do, 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 do you think album. you think this is gonna be the year he, he drops it i think so I mean, it's gotta be it's gotta be yeah his last album he's going to um do the label with uh baby king so this last album gotta be dope i think we got a little teaser with the the dance moves and with the the us clothing <laughs> <laughs> So I think this last album is gonna be dope. I, I'm, I'm waiting for him to drop. And I'm I'm a I know this man I have it with Frank Ocean. If Frank Ocean could drop, I think oh. that would be I think that'll be fire. You know, know what? I didn't like the, the pink album. Or oh, the Nike. It's a Nike. Oh, a blonde? Yeah, blonde, sorry. You weren't a fan of blonde? Wow. <laughs> I mean, like I like the, you know, Chanel Chanel. Chanel, Chanel yes. Yeah. That's my favorite. Like, I mean, 
he, he didn't miss on him. And then obviously his singles, Nova King and all that stuff. But that would be dope with Frank, Frank Ocean uh, showing the new album. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Savon, another another year in the books. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for everything that you do, and also shout out to Maurice Hendricks and Chris Hendricks thank, for everything yes. that, that they do, making making the podcast sound professional and just always being mm-hmm. consistent. But uh, is you got got anything anything to say before the end of the year? Ooh, full scope podcast. Yes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, love it. I love it. No. I love it. I love it. New beginnings, growing still with the podcast. Um, hoping that we get start vibing with it even more. Um, but I think we have a good nucleus and a foundation with the team we do have, man. It's a blessing to be a part of this. This is my every week thing. I look forward to if my internet is not messing Schedule. <laughs> so, man, yeah, I'm really excited what 2022 is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wanda Burns. I'm my kind of Bar Save on Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you next year.